The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. What is up, folks? It is another edition of the All Angels Podcast. I am Johnny Banks. I'm Dan Garcia. And welcome to the show. It's our March show. We're getting, we're getting ready for spring training. It's about that time where we're so close next for week, us being yeah, there. Next week, we'll like, be this time next week, we will be um, in Tempe, just getting maybe getting home from the game, maybe going out somewhere. I don't know. But uh, yeah, this time next week yep. we will be in Tempe, and uh, can't wait. I can smell the Tempe air already. I can, I can, I can just yes. I'm waiting patiently. Just I want to be there already. But we will probably we're working on maybe having a podcast live from that Saturday. Yeah, Saturday uh, night, wherever we're at. Uh, but right now we have a special podcast because we were able to get. Tiger Skaggs to join us on the show, and man, Tiger Skaggs couldn't have been any nicer and uh, just uh, very open to jumping on the show with us and and just shooting the breeze with us, right? I mean, it wasn't just about baseball. We kind of got a little personal, but it was cool. He's a cool guy. Yeah, it was great to reach out to him, and and for the most part, he reached back right away, and we're able to match schedules up fairly quickly, and and for him to take out the time to uh, you know be on the phone with us for about you know twenty minutes was really cool to have. Uh, the major league, a major league starting pitcher with us, and you possibly depending on how the rest of spring goes, uh, opening day starter. Open, opening day starters. So that was exciting as well. Yeah. So you know, if you know Tyler listens to this, we really appreciate you, Tyler, for jumping on the show with us. Uh, I know the, our listeners will enjoy this this uh, interview that we had. We interviewed him a couple weeks ago. So if something sounds a little off, like hey, that didn't happen recently, it was a couple weeks ago. But we we're saving it for. Our show in March, since we had already recorded our February show, and you, as you guys know, you guys who listen know that you know we were recording once a month during the off season. We're going to start getting now pretty soon into weekly podcasts right. as the season starts. By the end of the month, we'll be weekly. So, without further ado, let's. We have another interview. Obviously, after this one, we interviewed uh, AM eight thirty Angels Radio Trent Rush. He joined us as well. So, we're going to get straight into the Tyler Skaggs interview. And we'll be back with you guys right after the interview, and we'll lead you into the Trent Rush interview. So here is Tyder Skaggs joining us on the All Angels Podcast. So we're here with Angels starting pitcher Tyder Skaggs. Tyder, welcome to the All Angels Podcast. Hey, how's it going, guys? Thanks for having me. Good, good. So entering your, your fifth season now with the Angels and this spring training, what kind of things are different now than maybe when you first came into spring training as a rookie? Well, I think the obvious is that we have a new manager. Um, that's that's kind of the main difference. Um, I'm definitely uh, – I still feel young, but I look around and I see a lot of guys that are younger than me. 
and um, I'm actually the longest tenured pitcher on the right. team now, which I find that extremely weird. So <laughs> um, those are the two two strange things for me. But other than that, it feels the exact same. Awesome. So you know your 2018 season, you finished with 125 innings pitched. That's the most ever you've had in your in a season. How did you feel after the season, especially coming off you know the injury and stuff? Um, I mean, I was definitely frustrated after the season because I thought I had a you know a great first half. And then the second half didn't end the way I wanted to, and I kind of limped into the finish line. But um, so I was a little salty about that at the end of the season. But you know what? I got got my uh, mind right, and I got my body right, and I'm excited for the season. Yeah, there was a little bit of a stretch there between uh, in, during June and July where you had seven great games where you posted an ERA of 1.43. Um, is there anything in that stretch that you can pinpoint to where it felt was really working that you can maybe bring to the start of this season? Um, I just think it's the confidence to go out there and, um, you know, just knowing that when you take the mound, you can go out there and dominate. Um, I think pitch-wise, I was really working the high fastball along with bouncing the curveball, which kind of played off each other well. Um, but I think just confidence, man. I think confidence is key to all sports, especially pitching. If you're confident out there, you're, you're, you're tough to beat. Yeah, um, you know, you said it now being like possibly, or not possibly, but being long, the longest tenured Angel pitcher there, and everywhere you read, everywhere you look, it kind of seems like it's going to be down between you and Andrew Haney for opening day starter. If you get that ball on opening day, what will it mean to you? I mean, it means everything. I think, um, you know, you play the game to be the opening day starter on a major league team. I think that's like every kid's dream. Um, if it happens, great. If it doesn't, you know what? It's not a big deal. Um, once, once you get a month in the season, it all jumbles up anyways. <laughs> but, of course, it's a great honor um, at the same time. I could care less if I do do win it or not because I want to win. I want to get back to the playoffs, and ultimately the goal is to win a World Series. Otherwise, you know, why, why do you play? Yeah, I mean, taking those kind of team goals off the table, like World Series, winning, getting the playoffs, do you have any personal goals for you going into a season, whether it's um, innings pitch, strikeouts, wins, anything like that? Um, I mean, definitely. Innings pitch is a huge thing for me. I definitely want to go 180-plus. That means he's had about 30 or 31 starts. And then, uh, I mean – just personal goals. Of course, I want to make the all-star team. I thought I had a pretty good chance last year to do it, but uh, kind of left me even hungrier this year to make the all-star team. And of course, every pitcher wants to go out there and win the Cy Young. Those are yeah. the two main things that you kind of want to do. You know, you're you're in a rotation with another lefty and Andrew Heaney. And, you know, you got you got a young guy in, in Jaime Berea. And, and, you know, you got guys like veterans that the Angels signed this season and, and Matt Harvey and, and uh, Trevor Cahill. But is there like a, a in in house competition to one up each other? Uh, I think between me and Heaney, it's just competitive competition. I think we we have a quiet competitiveness. I mean, we play catch together every day, and we hang out pretty much every day off the field. So we're, we're really good friends, but uh, we're also very competitive. And uh, the new guys we brought in, I don't really you know. Me and Matt Harvey haven't really like sat down and kind of chopped it up yet because it's just so busy there's so many people right. in spring training and actually me and trevor cahill are ex-teammates of the diamondbacks so okay, we yeah, know so. each other very well and uh berea he's just a great great rookie campaign last year and i'm looking forward to him even building and becoming even better some news that came out you know the, the addition of the pitch clock for spring training as a pitcher um how, how do you take that do you have to now look at yourself and maybe speed up a little bit more or do you still kind of take it uh, as a regular kind of setup? No, I take it as a regular kind of setup. Um, 
I mean, me personally, I think it's a joke. There's a lot more other things that we could worry about than a pitch clock. Um, I work pretty fast anyways, though, so it's not not something that bothers me. But uh, personally, I could care less. I mean, if, if the clock runs out, oh well. I think I'm the one holding the ball. The game goes when I go. Yeah. So. Yeah, the, the game doesn't move without you throwing the ball. So, yeah, perfect. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So it's, on, it's, on, it's on my time. If I want to pitch, I want to pitch. If I don't. And I'll make the guy wait. Exactly, man. I used to pitch in college, and I was always taught the same thing to say, hey, the, the game starts and ends with you. And ultimately, you know, it's up to you to throw the ball. So I get that. Exactly. Um, yep. So I got to ask, you know, your teammates with Mike Trout, probably the best player on the planet. Uh, seeing him every day, does anything he does surprise you? Uh, I mean, not really. I mean, we got drafted together in 2009, and then we lived together for pretty much our first two years in the minor leagues. So I got to know him very well. and uh, He's just the best man. Like He's a great, humble human. Uh, his parents are great. And the stuff he does on the field is just, I'm almost immune to it now. I think all, almost all Angel fans are immune to seeing how good he really is. Um, I'm hoping he stays with us. But if he goes somewhere else, I think uh, he'll be appreciated even more because all of us are spoiled, get to see him yeah. play every day. I mean, it's just um, I'm dumbfounded at some of the stuff they do. You know, and kind of piggybacking on that, the I guess the new sensation last year for the Angels was Otani, not only doing what he did offensively, but doing what he did, you know, what you do, pitch. And, and seeing a pitcher be dominant like he was before his Tommy John surgery, um, what, what are your thoughts about that? I mean, I think he's a great pitcher, number one. He's got electric stuff. I think he's got some of the best stuff in the big leagues. I mean, that throws 100 miles an hour and every feels like it. Nasty splitter, good curveball. So um, I, I've been through Tommy John myself, so I know kind of the trials and tribulations. It's going to be kind of a up and down road when he comes back, especially because he's you know hits also. Right. Um, so mental, mentally, at least he'll still be engaged in the game. He won't take a whole year off like most pitchers. So uh, I'm interested to see how that works out. But the you know, Otani phenomenon last year was great to be a part of. Um, you know, it's a special thing. I mean, you're basically playing with Albert Pujols, the greatest player, and then Mike Trout, the greatest player, and Otani is basically like the greatest <laughs> Japanese player ever besides Ichiro. We'll see if he can become a right. Ichiro. But other than that, it's pretty impressive to have three of those guys on the same team. And you mentioned that you're Tommy John surgery. How hard is it to um, still feel connected when you have that time off in between the injury and your return? Is, is it hard to still feel connected to your teammates? I mean, it's tough, definitely, especially when the team goes on the road or even like in spring training right now. You know, you, you're doing your own thing. You're rehabbing. You're kind of off on your own field playing catch, and it sucks. Um, I know I make it a part to go hang out with JC and, and Middleton, and I know Tommy's kind of hitting and doing his stuff, but I just tell these guys, like, you're still a vital part of the team, and they're, they're, both, they're both coming back this year, so I'm excited for them. Cool. So a, a question that kind of just you mentioned uh, – Mike Trout's parents and their good parents and stuff. So me, I was, I was a, uh, I would consider myself a, I was a close friend of Luis Valbuena. Um, I actually, I've known him for a long, I knew him for a long time. And because of me knowing Luis, I got to sit in the family section a lot. And I sat next uh -huh. to your mom a few times during a few of your games. Uh, how cool is it to be local and having your parents and having family and friends watch you play at Angel Stadium? I mean, it's the best. <laughs> I mean, uh, I played for Arizona. 
when I originally came up, so it wasn't too far. But once I got traded to the team that drafted me, I knew it was going to be great just because it's only a 30-minute drive back to Santa Monica. So all my friends and family can watch me or come to any game they want to. So it's uh, definitely a, a nice feeling. Uh, I really hope that I stay here for a, a long, long time. We, we do, too. Um, just so you know, do you know how nervous your mom gets when she watches you pitch? Because she would, oh, she would turn and yeah. look to us I'm and sure, say, I'm sure she does. She would turn and look to us and say, oh, my God, I'm so nervous. And we're like, <laughs> it was like, I couldn't even imagine seeing my son out there playing. I'd be like, oh, my God, so freaked out. But, um, dude, we wish we <laughs> wish you stay here long, man, for sure. Yeah, me too, man. Hopefully, you know, do well these next few years and then free agent after uh, next season. So. so something we like to do on here and um, with the guys we have on the on the podcast is not only, you know, talk about baseball, that's great, but also kind of get to know them on a, like a more personal level and just kind of pick their brain about stuff like maybe outside of baseball. But So my first one is how does a Southern California kid uh, become a, a Minnesota Vikings fan? <laughs> Funny question. So basically, when I was growing up, I mean, I'm 27, so the whole time I've been here, we haven't really had an L.A. team. Granted, we have the Chargers, we have the Raiders, but at the same time, there's no L.A. team. So I was a huge Randy Moss fan growing up, so I just kind of became a fan of the Vikings, and uh, I've been rocking with them for a long time through the good and the bad. So one of the good things was, uh, what was it, two years ago, the Minnesota or Minneapolis Miracle um, take me to oh your um, – if you were there, if you were at a party or whatever, take me to that time when that play happened. Well, I was actually at a huge kind of party, and it's funny. Um, they were up at halftime, and Trout texted me. He's like, hey, if you, you know, if they win, I want you to come out and watch the game with me in Philly. And I'm like, oh, man, this is awesome. So I'm already booking flights and looking <laughs> it up. And next thing you know, the Vikings are losing. I'm like, what the hell? I just completely jinxed us. So then, came down to the last play, I'm with all my friends, I'm sitting there, kind of sulking on the couch, and um, next thing you know, you know, Stefan Diggs makes an unbelievable play, they ended up winning, walk-off win, which you never really see in football, nope. so it was, uh, it was sick. <laughs> awesome, okay, so, you know, we follow you on Instagram, obviously, so, on your IG, I see you were at Royal Rumble. Is it safe to say you're a wrestling fan? <laughs> you know, I'm not going to lie and say I'm a huge wrestling fan, but you know what? I had a great time at the Royal Rumble. Uh, my friend Patrick Corbin, he got his tickets, and uh, it was a great time, man. I haven't been to a wrestling match in a long, long, long time. So, I actually, yeah, I had a lot of fun. Awesome, because I, I have a wrestling podcast as well that I do, so you can call me a bit of a nerd. Um, who's <laughs> Who is your favorite wrestler of all time? And this can, you can be it can be from when you were a kid or whatever. Do you have do you or do you have a favorite wrestler of all time? Well, yeah, definitely. I mean, of course, every every kid loves The Rock. You know, was <laughs> I really love The Rock? Of course, I love uh, Mick Foley. Okay, was I was a huge fan of Mick Foley, and then uh, The Undertaker, and then D Generation X was a tag team that I love. So. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, we. I mean, like like we said, we try to get the, the know the guys better, kind of more like so, more so off the field. Um, this off season, you got married, so congratulations with that. Um, how was it be getting married in the off season and still going on the honeymoon and still kind of having to work, um, be in shape for the most part uh, for baseball? 
Well, I mean, I definitely started earlier than than I would have in the usual off season, just because I knew that I was going to probably take you know two and a half weeks off for the the wedding and the uh, honeymoon. So I kind of I kind of knew what to expect. And I talked to a few guys who got married in the off season that are pitchers. Um, it's definitely tough not throwing for a few weeks, kind of right there in the first few weeks of December. But you know what? In the grand scheme of life, it's all worth it. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, my life partner definitely enjoyed everything and. Uh, baseball, I feel like it's like you're just confident in your workouts. You're confident you're throwing the offseason. You should be fine unless you're like kind of you know worried about certain things. But you know what? I'm pretty confident in my process, and I feel pretty confident that um, I'm going to go out there in spring training and pick up pick up where I left off. So you know, you being married first Valentine's Day as a married couple, what'd you do? <laughs> Actually, we went out to dinner. We were lazy. <laughs> so tonight, all right, that works. I mean. Uh, we had to get up. I had to get up early. Honestly, it was literally the the first day of our um, kind of spring training for pitchers and catchers. So I literally got to the field at like six thirty. So we went to bed at probably like nine o'clock. Awesome. We I saw your your Instagram stories on your honeymoon. How awesome. Have you ever been to those locations? And if you haven't, man, how awesome was it? No, I haven't actually. We went to uh, Thailand and the Maldives. It was unbelievable. Thailand was crazy, man. Um, I feel very cultured. I went to a lot of temples, kind of centered my centered myself, found my chi out there, <laughs> hung out with the elephants. And then the Maldives was just chill. Um, kind of hung out by the beach, got sunburned, and uh, had a few drinks. So, kind of going back to the Vikings, you said you're a Randy Moss fan, so I'm guessing you would take Randy Moss over Chris Carter as wide receiver? All, uh, I mean, don't get me wrong, I love Chris Carter, but yeah, Randy Moss is my guy. <laughs> What what was your first was was football your first love? Was ba- or has baseball always been your first love growing up? Uh, I mean, I definitely love football. Baseball, I think, came easiest to me. Um, my mom's actually a softball coach, yeah. and um, it was just kind of baseball was always around me, and it was like something that you know I never really practiced. I never had like the love for it. I, I played all three sports, even in high school. I played football, baseball, and basketball. So. Um, I definitely enjoyed football the most, uh, basketball probably second, and baseball third. And then kind of around my junior year, I realized, you know, the baseball thing's starting to take off a little bit here. Do I really need to play these other sports? So I kind of, you know, focused on baseball, and then uh, the rest is history. Cool. So we know your favorite football team. We know your favorite baseball team. <laughs> Who's yes, your favorite sir. basketball team? Basketball team, yeah. you know it's the Lake Show. Yes, I'm, I'm ride or die with the Lakers. Okay, so here's my question to you then, because I'm a huge Laker fan. <laughs> what, the, what the hell's happening to him? <laughs> okay, um, no. Um, <laughs> I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot of things going on. I, don't, I, don't, I can't even like pinpoint anything, but I'm very mad how this whole oh, yeah. situation went with Magic Johnson and AD. Yeah. And we're trading this, we're doing this, we're doing that, and then nothing happens. And now everybody's disgruntled. Right. So here's my question to you on the Lakers then: Is is do the Lakers? Trade away a guy like Kuzma and Ball and Ingram together just to get an AD, or is do they just maybe find a different way? What's what's your take on it? What do you think they should do? Well, I didn't want them to to trade for anybody. Honestly, I think they have a good young core, and there's some guys this offseason that are going to be free agents. I know LeBron is LeBron, and he wants to win now, but yeah, um, I wasn't expecting to make the playoffs this year. I mean, granted, they started out hot. At the same time, I really was hoping to maybe get like Clay Thompson or now that him and Kyrie are, are friends again, which I don't know. Though. I mean, I still like Lonzo at point guard. Mm-hmm. Um, he needs to work on his jumper, which, yeah. I mean, we all need to work on certain things. Yeah. He definitely needs to work on his jumper. Um, 
it's just, uh, I don't know. I mean, the Lakers also have a lot of injuries right now, so yeah. I'm interested to see kind of what happens this offseason. Yeah, I was kind of hoping they'd sneak in in the eighth spot at the beginning of the year. I wasn't going to be surprised if they didn't make it, but you're right. All those injuries to key players, you know, set them back. But I'm with you, man. They need to go out and get a guy like Clay and uh, keep the young core together. Yeah, I mean, I could I could sit here and talk Laker basketball all day. Honestly, <laughs> I love I love the Lakers. What um? I get a lot of shit for it too. Yeah. <laughs> How bad is it when when Philly comes in and if they beat uh, the Lakers, does Trout let you hear about it? Oh, he, he sent me videos of the game where he just went to recently. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was terrible. <laughs> me, me and Trout go back and forth all the time. Honestly, like, on all on all sports Mike, levels. Great. On all sports levels. Yeah. Uh, except for hockey, I don't think we really. We don't watch hockey too much, but <laughs> especially basketball and football because our teams are, you know, usually play against each other a few yeah. times. So, so and so, uh, they usually get the best of us in, in both sports right now. But we're coming back. Yeah. There you go. So something that I, I know is kind of a big thing through sports in general, but probably more so in baseball, is uh, superstitions. Do you have any particular superstitions, whether it's during a game or you know before before start? I mean, superstitions before starts, if we're home, I try to eat kind of like the same meal. Um, or like if I had a really good game and I went to a certain breakfast spot, I'll keep going back there until I don't have a good game. Um, Clothes-wise, usually if I have a good start at home, I'll wear the same clothes the next time uh, if I'm home. That's just kind of strange superstitions that I've always done, like even coming up to the minor leagues, I, I do the same thing. And then, like, in-game, I usually sit in the same spot. Like, you always see me. I'm, like, halfway down the bench. I put a towel down, and, like, nobody knows. Everybody knows not to, like, come over there <laughs> just because I'm kind of in the zone. Um, other than that, I come in, like, after I'm done warming up, right before the game starts, I have to high-five everybody. Otherwise, I feel, like, weird if I don't high-five everybody. <laughs> so if you guys ever watch, like, the pre-games, like, I'm always – I always do it every yeah. game. Right on. Yeah, it's pretty much all I got. Yeah. Yeah, when, uh, off days, I know pitchers have a lot of off days now, you know, in between starts and stuff like that. Is there something you do um, to pass the time, whether it's, you know, uh, video games, uh, binge watch TV, or, or, or play around a golf? Um, no golf. I'm not a big golfer. Um, definitely watch, binge watch TV. I mean, I watch all types of TV shows. Like, I'm talking, like, way out there TV shows that nobody else watches just because I have so much time on my hands, especially when I'm on the road. Uh, I'll, I'll bring my iPad and I'll just kind of, you know, watch random stuff. Just whatever's on. That's awesome. Um, yeah, so I, I want to say thank you and, and we will hope for a, a nice, healthy uh, spring training and, and can't wait to see you on the mound out in a, well, out in Tempe. We're going to be out in Tempe in a couple of weeks, but also at the Big A. Sounds good. Just shout for me. Yeah, for sure. Appreciate you guys. Awesome, right. Tyler. Thank, thank you very you. much. Hey, what's up? Johnny Catfish here, ambassador for Groom Goon Beard and Body Care. Are you tired of your beard feeling rough and not so fresh? Do yourself a favor and do what I did and check out www.groomgoon.com. Groom Goon carries a variety of beard oils and beard and body soaps that will leave your beard feeling soft and smelling great all day long. Don't just take my word for it. Go check it out for yourself. Again, that's www.groomgoon.com. And at checkout, use discount code CATFISHTHEGOON, all one word, CATFISHTHEGOON, and receive 15% off your purchase. Why choose Groom Goon? Well, 
because your beard deserves it. This is Hook Vicious. Listen to my show, The Punk Corner, on KJ Epic Radio, every Thursday from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. And that was our interview with Tyler Skaggs, Angels starting pitcher. Kind of crazy that he's the longest tenured player on the Angels. And, and yeah, when he originally said that at the beginning of the interview, I was like, I had to think about it because he's absolutely right, but... Um, He's probably not the most veteran pitcher on on the Angels, right. so you automatically don't think of him being the longest tenure there. But yeah, after Richards left, he was the only one. Him and, and Haney, I think, came in the same year. Um, well, you got to remember that uh, Skaggs was, was there before Haney because right. he got drafted by the Angels, yeah. then got traded too. But it came back the second time, yeah. so yeah. Um, that was definitely something that I totally didn't think about. But you're right, the longest tenured yeah. um, pitcher on on that roster. Yeah, it's crazy because he's still young. So yeah. it's like he hasn't even right. That's what, that's, not, that's what I'm saying. Though. Yeah. He's so young that he, that's not something you necessarily think about when you see him. You're like, oh, yeah, he's been there forever or he's right. there, been in there longest. You just don't think about that. You know, so Tyler Skaggs, definitely, you know, a front runner for maybe the opening day starter. And not just that. We're looking we're looking for him to kind of finally reach that that peak next that, level. Yeah, next that we, we we not that we expect it, but. There, we, he's shown glimpses of, and the same thing can go for Andrew Heaney. And I know we have a couple of listeners that have some questions regarding the starting rotation, and we'll get to that, the emails at the end of the show. But we're going to jump right into it. And a lot of what we're going to talk about, um, or that we want to talk about, is spring training and the stuff that's happening right now. And so we sat down and had an interview with a- AM830 Angels Radio, Trent Rush, a couple of days ago. And we talk about spring training and his thoughts and a lot of what he's seen in Tempe uh his first time around there i know he went back and he covered great great job trent by the way of covering the play-by-play on the radio on tv for uh am 830 and fox sports wits but here's our interview with trent rush from angels radio am 830 uh we are joined by the man that have no off season trent rush what is going on how are you doing thanks for uh coming on the show boys absolutely i'm happy to be here awesome so you cover every almost every sport out there uh, growing up, what was your favorite? What was your first love? Oh my gosh! I mean, this is a tough question for me. Honestly, uh, first love, probably basketball. And I, I'm getting a chance to do that in the off season now. Love basketball. I, I, I don't know. It's between it's between basketball and baseball. I loved I loved both. I was just better basketball player than I was at baseball. I was never good at baseball. I stunk, but I loved it. I loved going to the big day at my third birthday party at Angel Stadium. Uh, so I've always grown up an Angels fan and kind of being around. So I uh, did did a lot of that. I'm a football guy. I don't know. I, I love all sports. It's like baseball. Baseball now is my favorite, but I'm into golf. I, I like it all. Yeah, uh, I saw a tweet. I think it put out a while ago. You and your uh, owned uh, orange orange Lutheran uh, jersey with a grand total. I think you went, you said you went zero for one in like two fouls in your high school career. Okay, so because you brought it up, I'll give you a little bit of background. I, I mean, I'm not thrilled that you guys brought this up, but yes, I played. I was team. I was the, like team announcer and reporter, and they suited me up on senior night. So we're playing St. John Bosco, but that season was no good. We had like a 30-point lead with like seven minutes to go in the game. Coach comes to me. He says, Trent, what do you think? He goes, I, I can put you in now. And he's like, if I go in with – I said, Coach, if I go in now, I'm going to need some. So he started <laughs> laughing. He waited. 
Uh, they put me in with about four minutes to go. I got in the game, and the whole thing, I wanted to get a three off. Yeah. So, I, well, first I wanted, to, I, I, yeah, I wanted to make a three first. <laughs> so I get into the corner, and the next closest defender's in the key. I take a corner three. Dude from the key comes out, swats me in the third <laughs> row, right in front oh. of the student section. Those guys, all my buddies, they all lost their mind. I was harassed for, like, the rest of my high school career. <laughs> People still tell the story. It was brutal. Then I got myself fouled, got to the free throw line, absolutely flopped, uh, threw up a prayer, uh, and then missed both free throws. So, yeah, that, that's my basketball career. And, and just, again, for reference, I was better at basketball than baseball. So, <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm in, that, I'm in that camp, too. I was definitely better playing basketball than a, at any point playing baseball in my in my life. Um, <laughs> last Speaking of baseball, Thanks last time— there you go. They need, a, they need every team needs a grinder. Uh, yeah, speaking of baseball, the last time we all saw you, you know, John, Chris, and myself was at Inland uh, Empire City Sixers, where you threw out um, a first pitch. So, kind of what you're saying, you're a better at basketball than you were at baseball. What, did you have any nerves going into that first pitch? Yes, I've never been so nervous in my life as I was for that first pitch. I know I try to play it cool down on the field, and uh, thank you to the fine folks at the Sixers for having me out there. It was a time of my life. I was nervous that day. I actually went into the Angel Stadium bullpen to throw a bullpen session that day. Um, and I was, I, I, what little confidence I had before the bullpen, uh, I had less confidence <laughs> after the bullpen. So my thought was, I got to get on the mound because you don't want to throw in front of the mound. So I got up there and I just kind of lobbed it up. Um, I had to make sure that I got it across so I didn't throw it hard. I was worried about kind of, you know, losing my release point. So I just kind of lobbed it up there. And thank God Brandon Marsh was the catcher. Right. Brandon jumped up. I mean, it's 6'3". Yeah, big frame. Caught it. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, it was cool. <laughs> yeah, Chris, or uh, Daniel had the uh, the same uh, thing going on. He had threw off the first pitch at 66ers. And uh, I, think, I think both of you did a great job. I just didn't want my whole uh, thing is I didn't want to bounce it, so mine was up and in on Bernie, but I was like, I'm not bouncing this thing. Hey, look, my velo, my velo was probably like 42. Oh yeah, mine too. <laughs> yeah, mine too. You can't bounce. I had my friends and family there. Yep, exactly. Had, like, my fiance brought her parents to the game. Oh yes. So they're there, and I'm like, well, I can't, I can't bounce it in front of my future father-in-law. Like, <laughs> I would never live that down, right? So I was way more nervous about that. Absolutely. That's funny. Well, getting into keeping it on the uh, baseball side here, how do you uh, how do you feel about uh, the Angels free agency and people saying it wasn't very good? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I disagree with that. I actually think the Angels had a really good offseason. Would we have liked to have seen, you know, Mike Brustakis or uh, a big name sign the Angels? Uh, should you know, would the Angels try to go, you know, get the Dallas Keuchel type? Um, you know, that, that that could still happen. I don't see it happening, but. It still could. Um, yeah, obviously, those big names, those are the sexy names everybody wants. But I, I really think that Billy Epworth did a good job of filling holes. I still think the, the Angels could have used an upgrade at, at second base or third base, at least on a one-year deal, to give Taylor Ward a little bit more time before he can be an everyday guy. Um, but I, I, I like the timing of Stella signing. I thought that was good. I think the Justin Moore signing was yes. one of the best signings of any team had this offseason for the Angels to get him on a one-year, two-and-a-half million-dollar deal when he would have gotten $5 million in arbitration. And that was a huge sign to bring in Justin Moore. I mean, this is a guy that had an OPS over 900 two years ago. So he can be a masher. He gets on base. 
at an unbelievable rate, especially with two outs. And I saw this stat. Of the, in the last three years, when it comes to reaching base with two outs, Trout's number one, and I'm trying to remember who's number two, but the, the, the four in front of Justin Bull, four is fifth, but it's um, Paul Goldschmidt, I believe Arnado and Bryce Harper were the guys ahead of him. And then there's wow. then there's Justin Moore with two outs. So, yeah, Duke gets on base. He's been clutch uh, in that sense. He didn't have the greatest year last year. Uh, we're hoping that was just a transitional year for him, that he can get back on track uh, and be what he was in 2017. Now, he had a 9.06 OPS that year. Um, I think Matt Harvey is a guy that can be outstanding for the Angels. If he can just be what he was in Cincinnati, that would be great, but I think he could be even better. He had this uh, thoracic outlet surgery, and what that is is he had this in 2016 and in July of 2016. And it's about a two-year recovery before you're totally right is what all the doctors say. So it was about July of last year when you really saw Harvey start to have some good starts because he was just finally healthy. Now he gets to have a normal-ish offseason and come into this year uh, ready to go. So I think Harvey's going to finally, for the first time since probably 2013, that he's going to be comfortable and confident and healthy coming into this season. Uh, and that's going to be really good news, I think, for the Angels. Because we all know how good Harvey can be. He's just got to prove it. And then the other one, I, I love the Lucroy signing. Luke, Jonathan Lucroy is going to help out this staff so much with his experience and his ability to call a game. He's going to help the pitchers a lot. I hope he can hit. Um, you know, if you look at all the hitting trends, he's gone down the last couple of years. His batting average on balls in play uh, – doesn't really align with his exit below and uh, watch angle uh, from last year. So you kind of think that, okay, well, he could see that go and pick up because uh, he was kind of unlucky last year. But I, I do think that Lucroy is a good signing. I, I, even if he's not a great hitter, he's going to help us so much on the defensive side. And uh, I, I'm excited to see, you know, what these guys can do. Yeah, and, and going a little a little broader now, not so much angel specific, but free agency in general. I mean, as we were recording this, um, yeah, people like Harper, Keiko, um, these guys aren't aren't signed yet. How do you feel about how the, the free agency class and where it's going in general? How do you feel about that? Well, I mean, Bryce Harper has a reported 10-year, $300 or $300 million deal, 300 plus on the table that he just hasn't accepted yet. So uh, I think that the people that are calling for collusion and they're saying that, you know, the teams aren't giving them what their market value is. I mean, Harper's gotten market value. Manny Machado ended up getting what I thought was over market value. Nolan Arnato, the extension that he just signed, I thought was over market value. So I, I don't think that that is an issue for the top-end guys. I do think that it's – and the other thing, too, like Dallas Keuchel, Dallas Keuchel is asking for bona fide ace money. He's – more than that, he's, he's, asking, he's asking for superstar, Hall of Fame, Clayton Kershaw kind of money. And he's just not that at this point in his career if you look at the metrics and, and his age. I mean, that, that's a problem. I think the bigger issue in baseball, what it boils down to is you just don't want to be a 30-year-old, you know, one-and-a-half or one-war player – that is going to be somebody that can, you know, contend for a fourth outfielder spot or be a utility infielder. And at that age, you just you don't want to be that anymore. And that's those are the kind of guys, like those veteran grinders, a lot of times are what can help you be a championship team. You know, like um, the Angels signed Ian Kinsler last year. Like, Kinsler's that kind of guy. That's the reason why the Red Sox traded two really good pitchers to get Kinsler on their team last year. 
So you, you, you want to have guys like that. Guys like that can help you. Um, but those guys aren't being valued as much anymore. So it's not as much about the top guys for me as about that middle tier of good players that used to get their big payday at age 29 or 30. Now they're not getting that payday because in baseball they value the young players that are paid less more. Um, so I, I think when this new CBA happens in 2021, there's going to have to be some adjustments. I, I think that I mean it's going to mean younger players get paid more, and um, you know hopefully opportunities uh, for some of the older guys to stay in the game a little bit longer. And Trent, just to, real quick, thank you for saying what you said about Keiko because Daniel and I have been <laughs> I don't want to say battling our listeners on our podcast, but they were clamoring for Keiko like it was a must and we pretty much are 100% in agreement with what you said <laughs> just well, here, I mean, here's the thing Keiko. here's the thing on Keiko though like if you're gonna give like, so like, like Keiko's if he's 30 31 I think um, huh. if you're gonna give that guy 8 years at 25 to 30 million dollars a year you're probably gonna get 2 years of value out of that contract mm-hmm. and pitchers break down generally speaking a lot easier uh, than position players and, I, and I've never thought Keiko had really dominant stuff. Um, he did against the Angels. He's always owned the Angels, and he's had some great seasons. But if you look at Keiko's career, he's really only had, like, two years that I would consider him, like, elite, elite. And then he's had, like, three or four years where he's been, like, like better than solid. He, he's been really, really good. Like, a number two guy good for a yeah. lot of years. Um, but I just don't think that there's, you know, I, I just I think a $200 million contract for that guy at this stage in his career, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And like I was hearing some of the AAVs they wanted for him were over thirty million. Yeah, that was crazy. And and I seen I don't mean to turn this into like a bash Dallas thing, but I, I did see a stat where outside of his Cy Young year, he has never received a Cy Young vote. So take yeah, that for what I mean, and, and there's there's something to be said for that. And I again, don't get me wrong. I, I, I think Dallas Keigel is a great pitcher, and I think every Angels fan has seen how good this guy is because he has owned the Angels. Uh, in the words of Terry Smith and Mark Langston, the Angels have been Keigled many times, <laughs> and, that is, and that hasn't been good. But yeah, I mean, I think they're totally on to something uh, here in some of those some of those comments. And, and yeah, the, the money that he's asking for just yeah. seems outrageous. Of course he would help this Angels staff. Of course he would be the Angels' ace if they had him. I, I just don't think the numbers add up, and clearly the rest of baseball thinks like we do. Exactly. So we have a uh, we have an email where listeners can email us, and we actually had an email for us, but we were going to ask similar questions. So shout out to our listener Duncan Healy, all the way in Dead Horse, Alaska. We have a listener in Alaska. Uh, nice. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So he, I'm paraphrasing his 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 uh, question, but. You know, the biggest change for the Angels in a long time, it's, been, it's, it's the new man in the dugout. Um, do you sense a different vibe from, from there, from past years in spring training at all, Trent? Yeah, I do. I think it's a little bit looser. I mean, just, just simple stuff like there's a TV in the clubhouse now, and um, there's a lot more music in the clubhouse now, and reporters can bring cameras into the clubhouse now. Are just kind of some of the things. I mean, Brad's a super laid back guy, but then again, he is all business. He's one of those guys that's like, as long as you're doing your work, you kind of do whatever you want. He's not, you know, he's going to let you be a pro, let you be an adult. Um, 
not saying that Sorcerer wasn't that way at all, but, but Brad is like super laid back, uh, especially in comparison uh, to other managers, not just Mike Sosha. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think that that's part of it. I think that that is uh, no doubt part of the vibe. It's a change. It's an adjustment. It's, you know, we'll, we'll see how it all plays out on the field. You guys know how much I love Mike Sosha. Um, and I, I, so far, I think we're off to a really good start with Brad Osses. In the few interactions I've had with him, uh, I've really liked uh, spending time with Brad Osses. He and I had a great chat uh, right at the start of spring training on the first day of workouts. Um, I sat in his office and we talked for a few minutes, and, and it was really cool. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to um, what's going to come this year from uh, from Brad and from this Angels team. It's going to be a lot different, though, and it's going to be a lot more of the advanced metrics and the use of that information. That's a lot of it being, you know, what you hear Billy Epler talk about in the Angels front office. But I think the other part, too, is that and, and Billy is this way. I, mean, I don't think he gets enough credit for this. Billy's a baseball guy that played the game in college and has a scouting background. He knows the intricacies of the game. He knows how important experience is. He knows how much is valued in intangibles. That's why he signed a guy like Jonathan Lucroy, because he brings you those. Brad Osmus is going to bring you those, too. So it's going to be a lot more about a balance as opposed to just the new school versus old school debate that I think everyone likes to make it seem. The Angels truly are going to be one of the more balanced organizations when it comes to that. We talked to um, Tyler Skaggs last week about you know spring training, his offseason, but one of the things we brought up was the um, – New pitch clock that MLB's thinking about um, bringing in. Uh, his words, not his exact words, but he wasn't exactly thrilled about it. Um, do do you get a vibe by from the pitchers or maybe even the uh, position players about their thoughts about a pitch clock? Pitchers don't like it, period, because it changes their routine. It changes what they're used to, and it makes them feel an extra sense of pressure. So no pitcher's going to like this. I mean, I'd be shocked if a pitcher said it was okay. Um, unless it was like a, a super fast worker, like the Parker Bridwell type, that just, hey, give me the ball and let me throw it. Um, I thought Anderson Simmons had a good quote yesterday that I saw that uh, was in the athletic. He says, it's just more time, the pitchers to have a lot of time to just be weird. <laughs> and I think that they're starting to do that. Uh, position players probably want the game to go a little bit quicker, especially those that play defense that have to be on alert at all times. You're sitting there waiting for your uh, pitcher to throw the ball. I mean, it's more time out there that you kind of have to be attentive and waiting and um, you're know, ready, and then there's not much action. You'd rather just get back to the dugout. So, um, yeah, I, I think that position players probably want the game to speed up. In that sense, pitchers are going to hate it. I don't think the pitch clock is going to happen. I saw some of those reports coming out today. There's yeah. going to be changes to baseball, but I don't think that the pitch clock, even if it, whether it happens or not, I don't think it's going to make that much of a difference in how the game's played. Awesome. So, you know, besides Joe Adele, everybody knows about the guy. What one other young Angels prospect do you are you excited to see in spring get some get in the ball game and actually do something? Well, I watched a lot of Luis Ringipo's camp. Um, that was that batting practice when I went to camp the first time. I'm gonna be going back next week, but the time I was there, I wanted to watch Luis take batting practice. He's opened up the stance a little bit. Looks like he's trying to swing for a little bit more power. I don't think that could be a bad thing for him. He could use a little bit more power as long as he can remain a good contact guy and he doesn't lose those principles and can still be the 41 base stealer that he was a season ago and, and be able to give you that kind of speed. I think uh, Rahipo's somebody that can be great for this team. I don't know if he's going to get the starting second baseman job coming out of camp, 
but I think that he'll probably finish the season as the Angels starting second baseman. It is my expectation of Luis Rahifo. So um, I'm looking forward to, to what he's going to be able to do. You know, there's also a great start to spring training, guys. Matt Thijs. Matt Thijs, yep. Yeah, I mean, he is, he is really breaking mm-hmm. so far in games so far this year. And um, as excited as I am about the Justin Bohr signing, one-year, $2.5 million deal, and I think Bohr's going to be great, uh, I think we're going to see Thijs in 2019, and I'm not sure that I would have come wow. into camp thinking that, but at least in terms of early impressions and his development, I, I think Thais is a real shot. I don't think he breaks camp with the club, but I think we do see Thais uh, before September in 2019. If you had a pinpoint, and you talked about a couple positions right there, whether it's second and, and first base, but if you had to pinpoint one position and one battle for this um, spring training, what should fans look out for? I think the fourth outfielder competition is going to be a good one whether it be with uh, older guys like a Peter Borges or potentially uh, Jarrett Parker had a really good start. You guys remember him? He's yeah, 30 man. years old, was with the Giants for a long time. Uh, he, he's had more than a couple cups of coffee at the major league level. Didn't play at all last year. Was the last guy cut out of Giants camp. And, uh, you know, now he's back and, and trying to make a major league team with the Angels. And I think that he has a good chance to do that, especially the way he's starting. And then also with Michael Hermosillo dealing with some injuries. I think if all goes according to plan, the Angels probably want Hermosillo to play well enough to earn that job going into the season. I don't know. Hermosillo also has options. So um, maybe you start the year with a guy like a Parker or a Borges, and then we see Hermosillo later. Um, the Angels finally have depth, guys. This is yeah. nice to talk about. They have, they, mm-hmm. they, you know, Billy signed a lot of very serviceable veteran backups that can contend for jobs as kind of contingency plans in case some of these prospects aren't ready. That takes some of the pressure off these prospects. You don't have to put them in a spot that they might not be ready for yet. You can let them develop and then get them up when the time is right. I think the Angels are in a really good place in that regard. You know, kind of kind of good segue there. My next question it pertains to Albert Pujols and the depth that the Angels have because, you know, Albert playing first base, Otani coming when Otani comes back, does he play for his face more? But if Albert struggles, what do the Angels do with Albert? If Albert struggles, it's more than likely because he's not healthy, right? I mean, you think I mean this guy. This guy. This guy is a still a dominant hitter when he is right. But the problem is, in the last three four years, he has not been healthy very often. So that's going to be something to keep an eye on. And Brad Osmus said at the winter meetings that. For Albert Pools, it's going to be about his health, and ultimately baseball is a game that's about performance. Albert's going to have to be able to perform. Um, I don't know what's going to happen if he doesn't perform and if he's not healthy. I would imagine if he's not performing, he'll be shut down, and you just wait until he can get right and can play. You hope that he's going to be able to do that. And right now, he looks great. Um, I said the same thing last spring training. I thought he looked great last year in spring. I think he looks this year, if not even a little bit better than he did last spring. So I'm looking forward to what Albert's going to be able to do. I love that he beat out an infield hit the other day. Yeah. Uh, but the Angels do have options, and, and they, they, they bring in they bring in Bohr, and with Matt Thice, you know, hitting the way he is, um, I, I think it can be complicated ultimately with Albert if he's not performing. But let's hope we don't get to that. That said, I, I think that Billy Upward's done a good job of having contingency plans in place. Some other guys that are, are are planning to come back this year, all from Tommy John, whether it's uh, JC. Key or even Shohei, um, 
like I said, they're supposed to be they're scheduled to come back later this year. Um, have you got any new information about maybe the timetable or if they're on track to, um, or when they're on track to come back? Yeah, I don't really have any new information on that. I think that they're hoping that with both JC and Keenan, kind of the June July range um, to try to get them back. I know that Nick Tropiano is also going on Tommy John. I think he's supposed to be a little bit closer. I think he could be ready potentially. Um, by middle to end of April is what he's hoping for. So, yeah, that's just all kind of stuff to watch. But, yeah, um, yeah no no, no real information there. But that, that said, like, I think about a guy like Akita Middleton, for example, this Angels bullpen, I think, is seriously underrated because the way we saw Justin Anderson and even Hustle Robles pitch last year, Taylor Cole had a really good 2018 season. Um you know, and I think that I, I really think that Ty Butchery is the guy that could be a bona fide closer. Then you bring in Cody Allen. Like I'm just thinking, if you have some combination of Robles, Anderson, Butchery, Allen to finish out games for you, you're in pretty good shape from really the sixth inning on. And then you can throw Keenan Middleton in that mix. Now there's not as mm-hmm. much pressure on those guys every single time that you have a lead. So the Angels bullpen to me. I mean, they were 13th in bullpen ERA last year, and they were better as the season went on once they got Butchery. And I think Harris has a lot of upside. Um, so then, I mean, I'm looking at the Angels' bullpen. I, I think it could be a top-10 bullpen this year. Awesome. Uh, other big news that came out recently, um, news you know, about Long Beach reaching out to the Angels about a new stadium. How serious do you take these reports, one being the lowest, ten being the highest? I, I mean – to me, I, I don't know that I can give you a number. I would just say I absolutely am taking it serious. Um, the Angels, you know, have, have said that they're going to do their due diligence and explore all options. Obviously, the Angels are happy in Anaheim. I think the Angels ultimately would like to stay in Anaheim. I know that Angels owner, Ori Moreno, has a good relationship with the mayor of Anaheim, Harry Sadu, and I, I think that that's good. It's, you know, there were some things said by the rest of the council uh, in their January 15th meeting that probably are, are not great. I just listen. I just watched that. Uh, it's available online. I just watched it the other day. Um, and, yeah, I mean, that's, that's part of the negotiating tactics that the city of Anaheim is trying to use. Uh, but I think if the Angels are smart, and I believe that they are, Artie Moran didn't become a billionaire by accident. The guy is a genius, <laughs> right? So – He's going to do, like I said, do his due diligence. And, and if it comes to, you know, other cities, I, I would I would guess that Long Beach is not the only city that would be interested in having the Angels. I think there would probably be a lot of cities that would be interested in having Angels baseballs and maybe um, baseball. And maybe Long Beach is the only one we've heard about at this point. Um, but I know that um, Artie's a smart man. He's going to do whatever's in the best interest of Angels baseball. I wholeheartedly believe that. And I think that uh, at this point, he's doing his due diligence that he's going to try to find, um, you know, want to make sure that there are options out there. And ultimately, the Angels need to be in Anaheim. They want to be in Anaheim. That, that's the best-case scenario for everybody. I hope that's what happens. Uh, but it, it's bad business if uh, you rely just on that. Right, yeah. Something that uh, I think, I kind of feel that maybe the Long Beach um, them coming up to the Angels is kind of more like leverage on the Angels' part to get something out of Anaheim. Do you do you agree with that, or do you think that's kind of going into play a little bit too? I, I mean, I, I don't want to speculate on that. I, I just I just don't know. I, I, I don't know the details. I mean, 
you could see how that would obviously make sense. Right. That's just I, that's not a road I'm interested in going down. Okay. So moving on from that, um, Vegas Westgate has the Angels season total win total at eighty two and a half. If everything kind of works out, and obviously injuries play a huge part, but if they avoid the major injury to the major player where he's out, you know, three months or something like that, are you taking the under or the over on that? I mean, I like the over. I don't know. Like, if I was Westgate and if I was setting it, maybe I'm a little bit biased. <laughs> I would probably have the game win-loss total at like 86 and a half. It's kind of where I see this team. I mean, if, I, I, I don't know how the Angels are going to be able to contend. Um, for that first spot in the American League West, and it gets to be really competitive. Houston, obviously, yeah. is a great team. I think there's still a pretty good, pretty big gap from where the Angels are to where the Astros are. Though it's baseball, anything can happen, right? Uh, so I wouldn't totally rule it out. I mean, obviously, you're contending and you're trying to win a title. And who knows what could happen with Houston? Maybe they get hit by the injury bug right. that's like bit me in the last several years. You, you never know. Yeah. Um, but just on paper, looking at this team, I think the Angels are legitimate contenders for a wild card spot, and I can see that being around the 86-87 win range. Perfect, perfect. So who is opening eight starter if everyone is healthy, in your opinion? Oh, oh, that is a loaded <laughs> question. Uh, so if you would if you would have asked me three days ago, I would have said Tyler Skaggs. I was actually thinking it would be Skaggs the way things were set up for him. I thought it would be that way, but now with Andrew Keeney getting a, you know getting a start before Tyler, does that put Keeney in line to be the opening day starter? Uh, I think that there's a chance of that. He was the Angels' pitcher of the year last season, but I think if 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 everyone's right, everyone's healthy, everyone's good to go, I think the guy with the most upside is Tyler Skaggs, and then the next guy is it's really close between Matt Harvey and Andrew Keeney, and that's I think that says a lot about. Uh, Skaggs and Heaney because I'm high on what Matt Harvey's upside is. We we all know right. how great Matt Harvey was in 2013 and what uh, right. Matt Harvey, when he's right, can be. So right now, based on stuff, I'd say Skaggs. I mean, Skaggs could have been also last year after that month of June. Right. We had a sub one ERA. I mean, dude was nuts. Uh, but uh, it could have been he could be Heaney. It's a loaded question. You guys are <laughs> killing me. <laughs> uh, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go. I'm gonna I'm gonna say Heaney today, but I, I don't know. I, I think it could very well be Skaggs. Yes, yeah, kind of one of those things subject to change if uh, certain events pop up. Um, yeah, yeah. One one thing too, just kind of random. We were talking about it. Um, if you had to guess, who hits the first home run of the season for the Angels? Not named Trout. First home run, not named Trout. Okay, so <laughs> Trout's the two-hitter, two so it's going to have to be somebody three and down. Um, oh, that's a tough question. I'm going to say uh, you guys are absolutely killing me. <laughs> um, I'm going to go safe. I'm going to say Upton. I'm gonna say Justin Upton. I'll play it safe. Sorry, guys. No, that's hey, that's perfectly fine. I was I was torn, torn I was torn between that one too, and then probably, you know, maybe Albert if he gets off to a quick start can uh, put one over the wall. Yeah, but Upton, that's Upton's the thing. A, I think healthy Albert, healthy and in shape Albert could be a really good mix. Okay, I, I could totally. I was I was torn between those two as well. Good call. Yeah, definitely. And uh, you know, I I, I I'm good on on my side, Johnny. You good? I'm good. Uh, Trent, if you want to, like, uh, where can the, the listeners follow you and, and, and catch you on the radio? I mean, obviously we know, but you want to let everybody else know? 
Oh, so just just a minute for a shameless plug? I'll yeah, do it. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Trevor Sports. Uh, guys, have, have you had a check? Have you had a chance to check out our podcast? Dude, I love. We're doing it. On it. Yeah. Uh, Honestly, the, the the probably my favorite one because I've I've tried to listen to all of them was the Andrew Haney interview, yeah, and that that was absolutely awesome. Just his his attitude just towards kind of like baseball in general. It's this. So I was talking with some people about this today. My two favorites, actually my three favorites. Uh, Andrew Haney was is great. I had Billy Epler, and we had like a forty minute conversation and just talked about everything. Right. I thought that was really cool. We came down to the studio and we just talked baseball for a long time in life. Uh, that was awesome, and then I, you know, I had a good time with Justin Anderson. He and I went to lunch together. Yeah, that's that's another one that was good too. Hometown. Yeah, we just sat down. We just sat down the recorder and just chatted and had lunch. It was sweet. So, um, <laughs> so I am somebody that, like, when it comes to when it comes to like podcasts, I listen to a ton of podcasts. Mm-hmm. So I want people to make sure that they continue to listen to your podcast, and then that's first and foremost. And then if you're able to find the time. You can find our podcast, Angels Recap Podcast, what it's called. We're on iTunes, Google Play, uh, angels.com slash podcast, where you can download it. Lots of different places where you can get it. It's really cool. Uh, we did it with our Halos Hot Social this offseason. We're going to continue it throughout spring training and throughout regular season as well. We do the Angels Recap Show after each and every Angels home game. Uh, there's all kinds of stuff going on at AM830. It's really cool. Um, and then keep an eye out. Um, you know, spring training stuff, you never know what surprises could happen in spring training. Yeah, exactly. One one of the things that I was hoping for in that in that Haney interview was um I I, I think Gooby, I can't remember if it was Victor or Gooby would start calling him Doc Holiday for with the mustache. So I was wondering if that ever caught on totally. in the in the locker totally. room at all or if that was just strictly media. <laughs> uh in fact, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, next time I see him I'm gonna try to give him some play, try to get that for life. <laughs> yeah. I'm a big Western fan. I love, yeah, I love that I love that movie, yeah. the the the, the tombstone movie, yeah. yeah we, like him, yeah, with the with the little mustache, I'm like, oh. And then, of course, I was thinking going with him being a uh, Oklahoma State guy, being the, talking about the um, Gundy mullet, and if you know, what the chances of him bringing that on? Oh, for sure. You know, I was I was shocked though. He was like totally cool with the, with the Oklahoma Sooners. I'm like, Man, yeah, your Oklahoma State people are getting the hard time. <laughs> yeah, really. That's, that's, that's going at home. All right, but no, thank you. Yeah, definitely give that that podcast a listen because I I love it. I I drive. I'm on the road for work, so I'm always uh, popping in a handful of uh, podcasts, and that's definitely one of the first ones when when it when it um, comes available. But definitely check that out. Thanks, man. Hey, hey, I love I love what you guys what you guys are doing. Your podcast, I think it's cool. I mean, Dad Tyler Scott on there was awesome. Uh, keep it up. Keep up the good work. Thank you. And and, and is it, can we call you now, friend? Of the podcast. This is your second time on. You know. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Nice. <laughs> Nice. Even if it's even if it's just a, a two minute cameo, I am happy to come on this podcast anytime. Awesome, man! Thank you very much. We appreciate Sweet. it. This is Brandon Marsh, with the Los Angeles Angels and Six Sixers baseball. You listen to All Angels podcast. And we are back. That was our interview with AM eight thirty Angels Radio Trent Rush. We want to thank Trent Rush for jumping onto the All Angels podcast for us and just. Man, his wealth of knowledge is uh, second to none. I mean, the guy knows his Angels baseball. He was out there, and he gets those interviews with the guys. He's in the locker room with the guys. So anything you hear from him, it's pretty much on the up and up. I mean, you know. Yeah, it was great seeing him. Um, I ran into him at uh, the moving day before spring training and just kind of brought up to him, hey, we would love to have you back during spring training just to talk about what's going on with the Angels. And, and he was the guy that was like, hey, you know, let's wait because I'm going to spring training, you know, these week or this week. So let's let's hold off until I get back. 
Um, and then I'll have a lot more information. And, and for a guy to, to say that to us and like, wait, wait, I don't want to give you kind of a, you know, half, half version yet. You know, let's, and you know, he's always been great to us. He's probably the first, um, and I, I've met, I've talked to him since then, but he's the first big guy that we've got to the angels for the most part that actually made it feel like, Hey, we got Trent rush. Okay. Now let's try to get Gooby. Okay. Now let's try to get Jose. And, and so he's kind of the guy that opened that door for us to try to reach out and get some of the, the interviews that we've had in the past. Yeah, absolutely. So again, thank you to Trent Rush uh, for jumping on the show. Uh, we would love to have him back, and I'm sure we will as sure. the season progresses. Uh, he he makes time for us, and uh, we can't ask for anything more. That's you know any time we get from guys like him and Gooby and Jose and and guys like that. It's hey, we'll take if you give us two minutes, we'll take it. You know exactly. So really appreciate that again, Trent Rush, and you can catch his podcast on Angels. Uh, Why well, he does a. The Angels Recap Podcast. Right. You know, you guys can subscribe to his podcast there. And then, uh, you know, he has his, he does the uh, post-game, the post-game, post-game show? after after the games. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. So what we're going to do here since our, since this show is, was very interview based. Yes. Yeah. Uh, let's, you want to jump into the podcast and then talk about like, num- cause there's a lot of questions that pertain to what's happening right now. Yeah. Let's, I mean, let's talk about what, let's go emails. Cause yeah. I think that's, that's, what, the I, best that's yeah. what I meant. Yeah. Let's do, let's do emails. Because a lot of what we want to talk about is, you know, Perfectly, they ask. They, yeah. It's, it's asked from our listeners. And I, got so. a, and I got a new drop for this. Okay. You've got mail. There we oh. go. There we go. You know that guy's still alive? Is it's he? Guy, yeah, it's crazy. AOL can't say the same thing, right? but, you know. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, our first uh, question comes from a, a very loyal listener, a guy who's listened to the show. He's been emailing us since we've started this uh, email. Uh, it's from Lamar Washington. He says, what is up, my dudes? Man, this Cozart guy can't stay healthy. Who do you guys think takes a spot uh, on the opening day roster? I say Ward. What do you all think? I know that there's still some question marks on Ward, but I feel that there's an upside to him. Um, what are your thoughts, Daniel, on that Yeah, one? I think the natural um, transition is keeping Fletcher at second and bringing Ward up to third. Um, otherwise, I don't think Ward makes that opening day roster mm-hmm. if Cozart's completely healthy, to tell you the truth. And um Coach, I don't know if it's, if it's one of those things where he can't stay healthy. It's just last year was totally bad luck. He landed a weird way and dislocated his uh, shoulder. shoulder. Yeah, mm-hmm. his shoulder. And, and it was something that was had been bugging him for years. And so they put like something like seven anchors into his shoulder. And, and, mm. and you know, the, the calf strain is unfortunate. But I got a feeling once he starts going, it'll be fine. He'll be fine. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, as far as the, the quick fix would be Ward playing third base yeah it just sucks that he has to you know now get, get on the injured reserve it's not it's not the disabled list yeah, anymore it's the injured list injured list uh he has to go on the injured list and you know kind of miss out on that spring training at bat so that means when he's when he finally gets healthy it'll be during the season and so don't expect him to be like a world beater right off the bat you know he still has some catching up to him. and that's the downside especially yeah well i injury, guess the so. good thing with with position players they necessarily don't need as many at bats as pitchers need innings they yeah. kind of get into their groove so yeah. um it'll be just a little bit of time yeah it might be you know a week or two before he's able to get actually into the groove but um definitely i think when he's 100 percent healthy unless ward um kills it that that time when he's up with the majors i, I you know he'll probably get ban- bounced back down because i think he does have either one or two more options left right okay so our next question comes from duncan healy all the way in dead horse alaska and a shout out to you on the, the trent rush interview there duncan yeah. Um, he said, hey there, guys, I know it's early to tell, but I really liked Harvey's velocity in his Cactus League debut. If we can have a healthy Harvey, that would make our rotation so much better. Looking for Skaggs and Heaty to have a really good season. If it all works out, 
uh, well, our rotation can be very good. And I agree. I mean, Matt Harvey, it's, it is too early to tell. I mean, he, he made a B start before his start the other day. But in his first Cactus League start, I like the velocity. I like this changeup. Still really early, obviously. But a lot of people, like Trent Rush, Trent Rush mentioned in the interview, he had that surgery that they say usually takes two years to recover from. This is a two-year mark. So, you know, we hope that he stays healthy. And I agree 100%. If Matt Harvey can be the Matt Harvey of the 2013-20 whatever the year that was, mm-hmm. man, our rotation is set. I like the way the rotation looks with, you know, him. Yeah, and- I think he was the ultimate kind of um, – high ceiling kind of signing where you you're not sure what you're going to get but if like you were saying if he gets to his even close to what his potential is um you're going to have him as maybe a number three when he can very easily be like a two or even maybe a one but um he can be a three he can be the four um depending if Jaime takes that next step you know Mm -hmm. if Jaime takes that next step you know he could very easily be a two you know and split Skaggs and, and Haney up but um again he's a he's a complete upside play one year deal um, if it doesn't work out, then no big deal. You know, you, you cut you cut the line at the end of the year and, and, and work on the, the guys that are in the minor leagues that should be ready by the end of this year mm-hmm. or early next year. Yeah, it's funny. A lot of people talk about, that was a lot of money and blah, blah, blah. But you know what? It's one year. Like you said, cut ties after after the year if it doesn't work out. It's just one year that you're paying the, paying the guy. It's not, you know, tying us into a contract for more money later. Right. I, I heard something, too, where it's not necessarily – the money part that that hurts teams it's the long it's the commitment time so there's you could pay a guy one year whatever you want it's not going to hurt the team as much as if you pay that same guy 5 years at a lower rate because yeah. now you you're tied in for much longer right. so um, there's no such thing as a bad one year contract exactly next email comes from Edward Viscaino he said bullpen what do you guys seen the bullpen looking like headed into the season i think there's still question marks because you got a guy in felix pena who's pitching well in the spring mm-hmm. and a lot of people are saying hey he might be able to make crack the rotation i don't, I don't think, think so he's, no, no i think he's like the way no. i i look at it is that you're gonna have cody allen obviously be your closer right uh ty bun ty buttry your eighth uh, inning guy justin anderson i think those two guys yeah. can go seventh eighth inning i don't know who necessarily is going to have the the, the the role to begin as far as the, the setup guy. I right. think those guys can go back and forth. Um, and then you have Cam Bajosian. You hope that he can come back and give you some kind of uh, depth in the bullpen. Again, you're, I don't think you're going to put him, at least not right away, in any kind of high leverage situation. Yeah. But then he's, like you said, uh, Felix Pena, he can be uh, a multi-inning guy. Every time he's out there for spring training, he's been um, two innings, I think, yeah. two or three innings. So he's definitely that long, um, that, uh, long reliever that, you know, Angels need in the bullpen, but kind of like like Trent said, this bullpen wasn't bad last year. They were seventh in a lot of, um, in seventh and AL in a lot of their in their key categories, and that's pretty much middle of the pack. Yeah, they were like thirteenth overall. Yeah, and I, and I think you know another year of just another year of tie. So those guys are, are looking again, looking to take the next step because they're really young. You add a guy like Cody Allen that yeah might have had a, uh, an off season for him last year, but. You know, if he bounces back to the Cody Allen that was on the Indians for all those years, mm-hmm. you have a, a very a solid closer. Um, again, Felix Pena is going to be the guy that's probably giving you two innings out of the bullpen. Um, this bullpen can be really good, but a lot of it's going to come down to that starting pitching because you can't have. Yeah, you can't have what happened last year. Yeah, I mean, they had the third most innings out of a bullpen, and the only two teams that were in front of them are teams that had that use quote unquote openers. So, mm-hmm. when they bring in a starter in the second inning and he goes five innings. Yeah, technically he's a starter, but those innings count for their bullpen. So yeah. um, 
It's going to come down to the bullp- uh, kind of starting pitching with the bullpen because um, you're going to Angels are going to need some of those starting pitchers that go five innings consistently and six and seven. We can't have what they had at the beginning of last year where they're just only going three innings, three mm-hmm. and a third and stuff like that. They, they're going to need to go um, five, even six innings to, to help that bullpen um, reach its potential. Yeah, and it, speaking about innings and, and whatever, you guys have got to remember like a guy like Noe Ramirez at the beginning of the year was doing great. And then he was just getting put out there, and he got tired. Like Trent Rush said in the interview, he got tired. And and the same can say you can say the same for a lot of those guys in there. You know, when you're pitching right out of the gate, like right as the season starts, a bunch of innings by let's say July, you you've already reached your career high in innings pitched. Right. And you know, a lot of these guys are, are throwing more than they've ever pitched before. So especially like you yeah, said, especially they, the young guys, we need guys to have quality starts, and the quality starts are five or more innings. So we need that going in a you know 2019. Our next email comes from Lauren Codd. Hey there, guys. Great interview with Brandon Marsh. He sounds like a great guy. And it's awesome seeing him getting some playing time in the spring. Is there a legit chance that a youngster like Rengifo makes opening day roster now that Cozart is injured? Love the show. What are your thoughts on that one? Uh, I think Trent mentioned it in the interview. Um, doesn't think I remember if he mentioned it in the interview or just was talking to us off air, but um, doesn't think he doesn't think he breaks camp with the Angels, but he can see a situation where he is a starting second baseman by the end of the season. And I, and I have to agree with that. I don't think coming out of spring training they're gonna he's gonna be the second baseman. I think he's going to go Triple mm. I think the Angels are gonna give Fletcher all the chance in the world to kind of have that position the second baseman and then it's going to be up to him whether or not they keep Keep him there or not yeah um if he struggles if he's having a hard season i can see him and 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 he and rafinko has a great triple a season going i can see him bringing him up and and maybe putting cozart into that utility role you Mm -hmm. do see him um at least one game so far this spring training out on left field so again um adding to the the utility player repertoire if you will so Mm -hmm. um Maybe not right away, but definitely I can see that happening at the by the end of the year. Yeah, for sure. And, and you guys know, if you guys listen to the podcast, I'm not 100% sold on Fletcher. I'm sold that he's a great utility guy. He's, an, he's an MLB player, yeah. yes. Yeah, yeah but definitely. you're starting second baseman or you're starting position guy every day, I just – I'm not sold on it. Um, he's to me, he's like Cliff Pennington. Like you're gonna need a lot of guy. if he's if he's your starting second baseman, a good team needs to have a really solid players around him, yeah. and, and you know, outside of center field, obviously, and shortstop, and have to see what first baseman's going to be, and you know, um, but besides those couple positions, um, you know, Angels. Are, all over the field are kind of question marks. Do they have potential to be a great offense? Yeah, and and you see it a lot of times in the um, spring training. But um, you just you just don't know once the season starts. But you know, if if they can get more offensive um, production at second base, they're probably going to go for the person that gives it to them. Right. Absolutely. Moving on. Last email comes from Jason Greenbaum. He said, "Guys, not wanting to be that overly concerned fan, but with Heaney experiencing some pain, is it concerning or just normal spring pains?" Seems a bit early for that, but with all the injuries we had with our pitching last year, can you blame us for being a bit worried? I, I mean, obviously no. I mean, when I saw it, I, you know, it's like, oh crap. But then you gotta, you gotta be realistic about it and say, well, you know, he feels better now. He threw a bullpen like the next day. It, yeah. it, it could very well be him just kind of well, getting in the in the flow of things. Yeah, as we as we were recording this on Friday night, um, he had started today. He started yeah. and he only went. An inning and I want to say inning and two thirds. Um, they didn't complain about anything. They just pulled him out of precaution. But right after, 
um, he went to the bullpen and finished throwing there. So the, the, they wanted him in a little more of a controlled environment, which is great that he wasn't just pulled off and said, okay, go see the trainer. Yeah. He was pulled off because I'm guessing they had a pitch counter, and sure that did. was what sure they did. he was going to throw and that he was going to finish off and rest in the bullpen, which for spring training isn't unheard of, isn't crazy. But even, too, um, I saw, again, Trent, I saw a tweet he put out when the first initial injury happened. Andrew Haney started the season last year on the DL, but yet still had the most innings pitched by any Angel starting pitcher. So yeah. I, I don't want to say opening day is overrated. I think as fans, we love opening day because it's like, boom, let's start, let's go now. But I think for players, I think they look at it as just another game mm-hmm. because, yeah, I would love to make the opening day start. But if I can't or I can't, I miss maybe those first couple games, that's fine because in the back end, you're going to benefit yeah, from it. So. Um, so I think I can it, finish right exactly. So I think it, it, it's fine. I don't think it's anything to to, to really freak out about. Um, again, if he misses a, a, a week or two in the beginning of the season, but yet throws the most innings at the end of the year, like last year, then it, it's it's a you'll take that trade every time. Absolutely. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'd, I'd rather have you throw 180 innings plus than and throwing, miss and miss the first yeah, two weeks. Yeah yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. I'll take that every day. So that's it for our emails, guys. If you guys have any emails for the show, you can always email the show at allangelspodcast at gmail.com. That's allangelspodcast at gmail.com. There hasn't been an email we haven't read on the air and answered. So we welcome any any comments, questions, or concerns that you have for the show um, on allangelspodcast at gmail.com. You have anything else, Daniel? Yeah, make sure you guys rate, review. Um, we will be going live, or not live, but we will be going weekly. Um, Pretty much from here on out. I mean, like we said, we're going to be in Tempe next weekend. We're probably going to do a podcast that Saturday night. Um, the next week, we'll, we won't have anything. But then right after, we'll we'll season start. Starts. The season yeah. starts, and we'll go weekly. So um, make sure you subscribe. Make sure you rate. Make sure you rate, review. Um, share it with a buddy. It's kind of like the old Wayne's World thing. You, you tell two friends, and then they tell two yeah. friends, and they tell two friends. So, um, again, guys, we're trying hard to get, get these – yeah, and trying to get these interviews, trying to get these these uh, guests on the talk baseball, and, and try to get them a little know a little better. But yeah. um, you know, spread the word, help us out. Absolutely, and just so you guys know, Chris Security Johnson is here. Uh, we we big timed his segment today because we had a, we lot, had a lot going lot of on. But next, we're gonna make sure we're tell Chris this right now. Next week or this weekend in Tempe. I'm, in Tempe curators chronicles yeah so bring bring all the information you need to bring in your travel bag so yeah so but he is here he didn't big time us we are at halo haven headquarters and uh he is here in person and one more thing man daniel happy birthday today is your birthday so thank you for doing the podcast on your birthday yeah okay hold on happy birthday to him (laughs) i don't care good luck (laughs) And thank happy. you, Steve. Thank you, Stephen A. Smith. There you go. No, man. Happy birthday. Happy uh, 21st, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll go with that. So right. I'll be 21st. So if you guys run into me at Tempe next weekend. Buy him a beer. Yeah, exactly. I'm 21. So it's perfectly legal. Cool, man. All right. So you have listened to another edition of the All Angels podcast. I am Johnny Mags. I'm Dan Garcia. And have a great rest of your week. We'll see you in spring training in Tempe, Arizona.
there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.